right. Uh, Mortgage Investors Group, by the way, celebrating 25 years in business. And I keep telling you, not just a Mortgage Investors Group uh, endorser, a happy customer, six months in the new house. And Mortgage Investors Group prioritizes purchase loans to make sure they close your loan by the contract date. So choose a realtor-preferred lender like Mortgage Investors Group when making one of the largest financial decisions you'll make in your lifetime. Local offices in Brentwood and Clarksville covering all of Middle Tennessee to serve you. And again, new home sales are showing steady growth, and Middle Tennessee is no exception. So if you're considering a new home, make the next step and call the folks at Mortgage Investors Group to discuss your financing options. There's nobody better. Four locations. Go to MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender. License number 109111. Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Kevin Ray, and you have joined the Housing Hour. We want to thank you all for stopping in here with us and starting your weekend off with us. And we hope to provide some value to you and your weekend. So thanks again for coming in. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer, and also my co-host. And I want to tell you guys a few ways you can plug in with us. And that would be um, through, of course, all the social networking. You can join us um, on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the housing hour on Twitter. Our handle is at the housing hour. And also you can find us on LinkedIn and Pinterest and all the other things. Of course, our treasure trove, our, our crown jewel would be the housing There you can find all of our shows, our past shows. Um, you can listen live and guess what? You also have an app that you can download, whether it be iPad or iPhone or a Droid or a Droid tablet, all of those things, we're plugged right in with you. And we want you to be able to uh, communicate with us and interact with us. So if you have a question or if you have a concern or if you have a topic for a show, for instance, we would love to hear from you. So speaking of apps, um, we have someone here on the line with us. We're continuing our Protect Your Family series. Um, and this particular uh, organization just came out with not too long ago with a great app. Um, but before we talk about that, we do have Jeremy Height. He is the spokesman and public information officer at the Tennessee Management Tennessee Emergency Management Agency. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So we definitely have a real desire, Mark and I, to educate and bring information to our listeners. Um, we definitely have that desire. And, and so throughout our show, we have done shows uh, with folks from all sorts of different agencies. Um, and we want to just make sure we get the information out there. And so one of the people that Mark and I thought of, or Mark thought of, um, for our emergency management um, part of our Protect Your Family series was yourself. Um, so, so Jeremy, if you don't mind, first for our listeners – if you could, could you just tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and what the Tennessee Emergency Management is all about? Okay. Well, TEMA is a part of state government. We actually are in the military department of state government. So our sister agencies are the National Guard uh, for the Air and the National Guard for Army. But TEMA is a civilian agency, uh, and in times of emergency, we report directly to the governor. So we become his executive agency uh, for managing and coping with the consequences of a disaster. Well, and that's a huge job. Obviously, 
you know, what you guys do is something that's so important. And I don't know that people, the public, for instance, necessarily realize just what happens when there is a disaster. Now, Tennessee certainly doesn't see a lot of the same disasters as um, some other states, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to be ready, right? Right, right. We, we actually see quite a lot of variety in our disasters because of the, the various threats we have, depending on whether you're living in, in East Tennessee where you might have wildfires, uh, Middle Tennessee where you can have really strong flooding, flash flooding, and then you've got West Tennessee, which has uh, all of those risks, except it also has a giant earthquake risk. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's very true. Um, so whenever something happens, let's just say, um, and, and you and I were, were probably not of work age in 1993. I know I wasn't. Um, but when that happened, for instance, it's just the biggest snowfall I can remember. Um, your organization really is, I guess, the center uh, communication for the emergency management teams that are spread out throughout the state. For instance, Alan Lawson, who we had on the show, that's one of the people that you guys communicate with. Talk a little bit about kind of the workflow, if you will, when a disaster happens. Well, absolutely, and it is it is a partnership at all levels. Local government, the, the county mayor, uh, by state law, is responsible for the life, safety, and property of the, of the county that he represents. He appoints an emergency management director who reports directly to him, and when they need help that, that their jurisdiction cannot provide itself, then they can reach out through uh, TEMA, for example, to get more resources uh, or to get more uh, information to be able to, to get those federal resources maybe that they need or to draw from, uh, for example, uh, you talked about snowstorms. A few years ago we had a very serious ice storm in parts of West and, and Northern Tennessee, and those counties needed help. They needed communications assets. They needed uh, responders to help manage the, the recovery and the cleanup and clearing the roads. And we brought those resources through other local governments, and we connected them and brought them across the state to work in those counties. Oh, that's great. So um, so the chain of command would be, for instance, Alan Lawson. He is the local um, emergency management director, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then you would have a step up from that would be your, your organization there in Nashville, um, and then I guess FEMA would be who you guys would coordinate with for federal um, assistance. Right. And, and each of those levers of, of government actually has a, a distinct role. Uh, the local government, they are the ones who are going to be on the scene, incident command. They're going to be the ones who are, who are doing the actual work. Uh, TEMA's role is coordination and support. We bring more resources to the fight. We can help coordinate when you've got a lot of things going on and a lot of resources moving around. We'll make sure that the right resources get to the right place. Uh, and then, of course, when we need extra help from the federal government or we need uh, money, for example, that's a big part of what FEMA brings to the table uh, in a federal disaster declaration to help those local governments. We manage a lot of that funding and the projects and, and make sure that the local government can get through the federal process to access that reimbursement money. Hey, Jeremy, um, I have a question. Uh, your website is tima.org, and that's we're going to put that up on our website so everybody has access to that. But I noticed something on the right-hand margin of the website, and it has activation sure. level. Uh, explain that to our listeners and what that is, because I don't think I've ever seen this before. Well, it really, and it really only pertains to, to how Tima is operating at the particular moment. Uh, level 5 is what we're at now. That's, that's normal. Uh, level four means we're, we're increasing our monitoring. Uh, we may do that. We may go to level four when there's, for example, uh, a severe weather storm forecast for several days out, and we start watching that pattern and, and having more conference calls. 
uh, bringing in some, some more people to our 24-hour warning point, uh, which is the, the piece of TEMA that directly interacts with local governments. Level three is when we hit a state of emergency. That means we've activated the state uh, emergency operations center here at TEMA, and we have activated the parts of the law that give the governor uh, powers under the emergency powers law. Well, I also will say that on your website, uh, it definitely has a, a real good interface. So those of you who are out there, like Mark said, it'll be on our website. So definitely go there and check it out. And we'll talk more about that as well in the next segment. But um, another thing, Jeremy, when you, you talked about the workflow a little bit, and I think that's important for those people out there to understand that you guys have a real kind of handle on the communication between different agencies. And I think it's continue to improve over the years um, just because of experience, frankly, and technology. How has technology played a part in what you guys have been able to do? Because I know that, you know, in the past when there's severe weather, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the regular communication is non-existent, but I know that there's technology and there's satellites and talk a little bit about how technology has been uh, kind of a, a positive thing for your all's organization. Sure, uh, and it's important to note that, that the, the State Emergency Operations Center is not just TEMA. The State Emergency Operations Center is all of state government. That is, we bring uh, emergency service coordinators from okay. all uh, departments of state government, right. as well as our private sector partners, uh, communications companies, uh, non-governmental organizations, uh, volunteer organizations. They all have a seat and a role at the State Emergency Operations Center. So when a request comes in, we figure out the best way to fill that request from the resources that are available, and we try to draw from as many resources as possible uh, so that we pick the one that's the fastest, the closest, and the best able to respond to what the local government needs. Uh, communication is huge in that. Uh, one of the ways that we've done that is we have a, a inf information management program called Web EOC, and Web EOC gives us a real-time data sharing system that all of the state government ESCs are using in the Emergency Operations Center, but all of our field responders, as well as all of the counties, have a, have a way to interface and access that information. So it really makes sharing real-time data, real-time information much faster than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about communication. That's one of our, our touchstones. That, that's probably one of our core missions is making sure that we have redundant communications, uh, not just phone lines, but we have a radio system, a statewide radio system. We have... Uh, uh, amateur radio, uh, which is the high-frequency radios that don't require wires. Um, even most radio systems have to somehow come back into a telephone trunking system to carry the message. But you've got some, uh, like I said, the, the ham radios that, that can actually travel great distances and communicate without that wire infrastructure in place. Don't don't laugh, Jeremy, but is there still the use of Morse code in any <laughs> place in the United States? Uh, well, they phased Morse code out. There's still some people who may use it, but it's right. probably not. We actually can do email over ham radio. So, we, so we the do, email is the new kind of Right. We, we use that instead of, <laughs> instead of Morse code. It's a little faster. Right. Uh, and then you've got satellite communication, and we do have satellite communication with all of our uh, regional offices. Uh, we have three of them one in Knoxville, one in uh, Jackson, and one here in Middle Tennessee. And, and this sounds, I mean, I sound, it makes me feel so comfortable to know that you guys have got our backs. I mean, it sounds like you all have the plans, you have the communications in line, and we're going to talk about the, how people can plug in with this app on the, on the other side of the break. But what are the responsibilities of every individual in, in the state of Tennessee and their part to this piece? Because... We have to be prepared, too. So what would be your advice to everybody listening? Well, I think, I think it boils down to this simple statement. 
When individuals are better prepared, their community's emergency resources can stretch further. And that means they're able to help the people who are in dire need. So the more you can take care of yourself, the better off the people who really need help are going to be. And how would we define that? Uh, well, taking care of yourself is a pretty broad spectrum. Uh, most people should probably think on at least seven to two hours that they, they should be self-sufficient. They should have basic medical supplies on hand, uh, whether that's your medication, uh, you know, some first aid stuff. Be able to just survive in your home or help your neighbors survive in their homes. Uh, I can't say enough about how good communities are here in Tennessee of helping their neighbors. And that's really a key to making a community resilient to an emergency or disaster. Uh, because if your community can stand up and help itself, then you've got more time to, to get the resources to where they need to be, where there's places that have been hit really hard. Um, we saw that over and over again in the, in the past couple of years when we've had big disasters. And Tennessee has had uh, some of the biggest disasters in history in the last five years. Uh, 2010, uh, the floods of 2010 were tremendous. Uh, more than half of the state was impacted with a massive flash flood. Uh, Nashville was heavily affected. Uh, the next year, in 2011, we had five major presidential disasters in three months, and a lot of them were in the same places. We had some communities that were hit four or five times. Yeah, I mean, that's they have been devastated in a lot of ways, and even last earlier this month there was floods. Um, so, you know, another thing, in addition to preparedness, in addition to the touchstone that you sp spoke of, communication, another piece that you guys, and we'll talk more about this on the other side of the break, but you also help, like you said, coordinate once you receive the money. Um, so you guys help coordinate getting those to the right places and the right people, I assume. Right. Um, like, for instance, uh, has, uh, Governor Haslam uh, announced, I guess, yesterday, um, some, you know, small business, the Small Business Administration. Uh, of course, they granted a, a, a disaster declaration for Metro Nashville, Davidson County. So. How does that work? Because that just happened. To, that just happened yesterday. So it's right. like an ongoing thing that you guys are doing. Uh, it is. It is a constant. Uh, you have to be aware of what's going on. There, there's always potential for things to happen here in Tennessee. We we have so many potential threats. Uh, you know, you have the interstates. There's always the potential for a hazardous material incident on on there. You have all the companies, all the businesses that handle them and move materials. Um, we're very aware of those things. We, we generally see about 3,000 of reportable incidents to us. And a reportable incident can be anything from uh, uh, somebody spilling uh, diesel on the side of the road or at a gas station all the way up to, you know, there's been a massive release of something that's very dangerous. And then we, we respond with missions, and we generally have somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 400 missions a year where we actually send active state resources or, or try and manage from uh, the state incident. Um, and and it, those, those numbers are deceptive because even the May floods of 2010, even though that was the biggest disaster in state history, that's still only one mission as far as we're concerned. Right. <laughs> you well, know, so well, it, it's a big challenge sometimes trying to get across the, the scope of what actually transpires uh, well, yeah. across the state on a daily basis. Well, we're here with Jeremy Hyde. He's with the Tennessee Emergency Management. We're going to continue this conversation, Jeremy, if you can hang with us. We're going to come right back after these messages. But thank you guys for coming and joining us today. We look forward to continuing the show. Uh, and you guys just can plug in with us in all of the ways that we have. Thehousinghour.com has all that information. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Na, 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 na. 
<laughs> Welcome back into the Housing Hour again. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Before we get back with Jeremy, um, I do need to tell you guys about Admiral Title. Admiral Title been around for eight plus years, um, and they do a tremendous job helping homeowners close on their home. Um, it's a partnership. It's a it's a team effort. Um, we're going to help, obviously, get you right to the end. To, but they're going to take the baton and they're going to take care of getting it closed. They are the closers, if you will, figuratively and literally. So they can help you in anything that you need as far as information of revolving around estates or estate planning, anything that you need, they ha- are the experts in the area. We always talk about going to a trusted advisor. So you need to find a trusted advisor for anything you do, whether that be mortgages, real estate, but most certainly real estate closings, and all of the legal aspects of that. So Admiral Title would be the people that we would recommend. Phyllis and her team do a great job, and you can reach them at 865-531-6060, Admiral Title. So we're back in here with Jeremy Height. He is the spokesperson uh, for the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency, and we've talked about many different topics um, from what their workflow is and how it works all the way up to Morse Code. So I think we've covered the gamut, really, of information. Um, And, you know, Jeremy, one of the things that we were talking about just prior to our break was um, about the SBA, the Small Business Association, um, for the 190 around homes in the Nashville metro area that were affected by the floods on August 8th. And um, one of the things that you mentioned early on was that you guys handle the distribution and also kind of the assessment phase of getting those type of monies. Um, and I think it's important for people to understand that this money is available. Now you guys, I mean, you got over 5,000 likes on your Facebook page. Obviously you have a very good, um, you have a very good website as well. So you're doing your part. Um, sometimes the media doesn't pick up the story. Maybe I'm sure in Nashville they do, but, um, what other things can people do really to understand and know um, how all of that money is dispersed because, you know, it's a low interest rate for homeowners. The Small Business Association is the people that are kind of the catalyst, but that doesn't mean that you have to own a small business. Correct. Uh, the, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, they actually have a disaster loan program. And when that gets activated, uh, people can get home and personal property loans for up to $200,000 for their primary residence. Wow. Um, so that's a great step for, for actually getting a homeowner to get back up on their feet and able to, to restructure some of their, their finances to account for the, the scope of a disaster. Uh, the other thing that it does is it lets businesses go after uh, physical disaster loan, physical damage, and economic injury loss. So that's really great when you, for example, uh, you know, you're a car dealership and all of your inventory is destroyed, but also all of your employees who don't get Paid because there's no money coming in, and people your your shop that normally does you know business isn't able to do business, and so that economic loss will help that business stay afloat and stay in business till till it physically can get back on its feet. Um, and then there's also uh, a couple other programs under the SBA, but that really is a great program, and we're glad that they're they're able to bring that to us. Um, other things people talk about is the FEMA assistance, and actually to get FEMA assistance requires meeting a couple of thresholds that, that uh, a disaster has to you know, be significantly in, in scope uh, and exceed the ability of the state. And that, that goes through a whole process to justify that. Uh, but once it does, it turns on grants that if you can't qualify for an SBA loan, which is possible, uh, you can then apply for uh, FEMA grants of up to $30,000 for homeowners. 
and, and there's some other programs that go along with that. So there's a lot of bureaucracy on that, unfortunately. What we try to do is be the insulator between local governments and the federal government in making sure that those programs are administered to the best uh, effect here in Tennessee. And, I mean, you guys are really well-schooled on how to run an organization. I mean, I think of my responsibilities. I think of Mark's. I think of some of the people who are the executives in our company, you know, and and we have a lot of projects that we're managing. I mean, this is the top of the rung. I mean, this is really what you're all, you all are doing. You have your hand in so many different avenues. And I have a question, Jeremy, um, as far as when a disaster area is declared, who's asking the governor to declare it? Are you going in between is the team actually saying hey this needs to be declared or is this from the federal or how is that handled it how actually is that it actually is a collaboration with local government and and team of course works we we are the executive agency of the governor during an emergency so we we are in effect the governor's advisors and we we work with him very closely um on on evaluating the the damage versus the federal program guidelines and what will qualify and then we do make uh, of course recommendations to the governor to to request certain types of aid, uh, and we make sure all of the paperwork to back up that claim is done right and filled in properly and make sure that that process goes smoothly. And I think we do that really well. So let's change gears a little bit, moving on um, to something I think is very important, and that is the app that you guys created. And, you know, in the day that we're living in, smartphones are really the new desktop computers. Everybody carries their computer in their pocket, and frankly, these um, little smartphones can outdo a lot of computers as it relates to speed and so forth. So you guys took advantage of that and said, you know what, I'm, we're going we're gonna to provide the public with something that is useful. It's a useful tool. And if, and, and if frankly, if they're in a time of emergency, their power is probably not working. So a desktop computer is not going to do much good. Um, so that's where I come with the app. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about the app just as a user um, I have downloaded it. The way that I found it was I just typed in Ready TN inside of, I'm a Google guy, so it was a Droid phone. Um, so I was able to easily find it and download it. Um, and, of course, it's free, so it's not going to cost you a dime. Um, but if you don't mind, why don't you give us some highlights of it, as much as I'd sure. like to, because I, I think it's so cool. But give me some highlights. I can, t- I can, I can see you're, you're excited about it. And it, it really it, it's what excites me about emergency management. Information is what makes working and coping inside an emergency livable uh, for, for, for us as emergency managers, for the public. And so our concept when we built Ready Tennessee was to take the information from a lot of different sources that, that are sources you need and put it in one place where you could find it quickly and easily and make a, a, a quick assessment, so to speak, of what you're facing or what you might need to do. Uh, and that's what the app focuses on. It gives you some situational awareness right on the bat, uh, right off the bat when you turn it on. Uh, it tells you about any uh, emergency shelters that have been open near you or in Tennessee. Uh, it tells you about the roadways, uh, what roads are open, closed, any incidents on the highways, and any any uh, inclement things like uh, flooded roadways or icy roadways. Uh, and then it tells you about the weather uh, that that might potentially impact you. You've got the ability to pull all that stuff up, and you've got local contacts. Uh, that local contacts is the part that I really think is, is the piece that makes it shine, even though it's not the, the sexiest thing. But it has all of the local contacts for all the chief elected officials and the public safety officials in every county, all 95 for Tennessee. So if you want to reach the county mayor, you've got a phone number, you've got an email address. If you want to reach the fire chief, you've got one for him too. 
if you need to reach 911, but it's not an emergency, it has the non-emergency 24-hour number for that county. So it's really a good tool to have on your phone. Uh, and then it's got some planning pieces, what to do before, during, and after uh, particular hazards, how to get prepared for them, how to cope with them, and what things you need to think about after one happens, uh, as well as a plan section where you can put together your individual uh, kits. Uh, if you've got somebody with special needs, for example, elderly population or, or, or infants, it's got special uh, abilities to put together a plan and go through and check off the things in your, your emergency supply kit. Uh, so the next time you go to the store, you know what you don't have in your kit, and you can make sure you add to it over time. Uh, the map section lets you pull in all of that information I talked about that's situational, and you can see it in a map interface just like on a Google Earth. Uh, but you've got the ability to pull in the storm spotter reports live. So you can actually see as weather is being reported as a storm front comes across, you can see where the tornadoes have been spotted. Uh, you can see where people are reporting flooded areas or, or high winds. Uh, and then we've got the connect section, and that lets you contact uh, state government through all, from the governor all the way down to uh, every department. Uh, you've got a way to reach back to them through social media. Uh, and then you've got the ability to, to ping them. Uh, and then the last part is it'll tell you whether or not there's a state of emergency currently in Tennessee. Uh, we don't do them by regions. We don't do them by counties. It's if the state declares an emergency, the entire state is under a state of emergency. And then the recovery button, once we get a presidential declaration for uh, federal assistance through FEMA, uh, we light that button up and it will take you to how to register through the FEMA process or wh what numbers to call to register. And that's incredible because when you look at this, it's so well laid out and so clearly identified the tabs that you need to press on in order to get that information. I love this thing. And the other thing is the TDOT smart way that you mentioned on the roadways. But when you click on that, and I guess it it highlights your phone based on the GPS on your phone, and it'll, it'll bring you to all the uh, TDOT cameras identifying the roadways, correct? It'll, 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 it'll take your location of your phone, and it will use that to orient the list and put the things that are most relevant to you, which are the ones that are closest to you, at the top of that list. That's great. And you know the list of all of the different contacts. Um, did you know who the fire chief is in Oak Ridge, Mark? Well, I do now, Daryl Curley. Got his email address and his phone number. You know, so that's good, too. I'm, wow, I joke is. about it. But, I mean, having that information, if you need to know the public safety answering point in Anderson County, got it right here. So it's really a very easy way to plug right in. Another thing I was wanting to ask you about is um, when it comes to, you know, the information that you see on the screen, this all is live, obviously, and you guys have systems in place so that if your power goes down, you're still going to be able to push out information, right? Absolutely, yeah. Here at the State Emergency Operations Center, we actually uh, uh, have double backup generators, so we have one in case one goes down. Uh, but the app itself actually is designed to run even if there is not uh, connectivity to the Internet. For example, that phone list we talked about, there's a, right. there's a phone list embedded on the phone so even if you don't have a cell phone signal, it's you still have that information, and it, yeah. it maybe it's what's loaded on there when the phone is first, uh, when the app is first installed. But at least that gives you a starting place. Um, if you've got an internet connection, or if when the when the phone service comes back up, all of those fields will become live again, and it will pull the live information. But but it does give you a chance to get some information, even if. It doesn't have a direct connection to the internet. How many uh, app downloads do you have? Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah, we're over uh, 60,000. Uh, wow. And like I said, that's a, it's free. It's on uh, Android uh, that you mentioned. Uh, you can find it in the Google Play Store. It's also available for iPhone and the iPad in a native format. So uh, I'm they running it here on my too, iPad. It looks great. It's <laughs> big, and you can easily see the map. 
in, in you know with these new technologies that are out there most of the millennials if you will definitely know how to work this but you know what even the folks who might not be in that age bracket you know they're coming on board you know the largest twitter following um, audience right now is ages 45 to 60 so those folks as well so it's not just the younger people who are on the on these smartphones and like you mentioned earlier in your um kind of your talk was about helping neighbors and helping others. You know, this could be a word of mouth thing. Hey, did you have, you know, winter's coming, you know, do you have this app downloaded? It's got all the information, you know, so spread the word around as well by that, because the more that we can spread the word, the better off that it's going to be for our communities, our families, when trouble does hit. And on on the uh, website, ready.gov, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy, there is a great piece, uh, one of the tabs that says get involved. And it, it gives you a breakdown of how people can actually volunteer and get involved in this. Absolutely. I think uh, the, the volunteer state is aptly named. When you look at the amount of volunteers that uh, our communities have after a disaster, it is tremendous. And it is by far and away the best way that, that people can help. Uh, if, you're, if you're here, use volunteer. Uh, those hours can actually count towards local government's match for federal disaster aid. So when you're an organized volunteer, that's the best kind of volunteer. Uh, so get with a group that's already there. There's a lot of uh, what we call non-governmental uh, volunteer organizations, uh, as well as uh, the, I guess, an umbrella group called the VOAD, the Volunteer Organizations Active in Disaster. There's, there's an organization that does something that you could be part of. I encourage everybody to check that out and be part of those groups. And we do encourage everyone to go to thehousinghour.com if you need more information about where those sites are located. And we'll also put a link, um, if you don't mind, Mark, on how to download the app. So we can put the Google Play and the um, Apple Store um, link as well. Jeremy Height, we sure do appreciate you coming into the Housing Hour today. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we look forward maybe to having you back as well. All right. So we have uh, had a great show for with Jeremy here. And Mark and I are going to come back in this last segment. And we're going to kind of unpack everything and continue uh, talking about this. I think it's such an important uh, you know, information for people to understand and see where the information is. And that's just what they do at the Tennessee Management Agency. So, guys, come back and join us here in just a few minutes. Don't forget, go on to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. And check us out there and also our website, thehousinghour.com. We'll be right back after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Put that guitar down, Mark. Yeah. Oh, man, what a great lead-in. This is the Housing Hour. I am Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host and executive producer. Landon's in the studio mixing it up for us. We want to thank you guys for coming back in here. And really, I think this last segment, the last two segments with Jeremy, were very informative for everyone, not just uh, a specific demographic. This could be kind of for everyone, I think. Absolutely. I mean, this is uh, for everybody that's in earshot should be downloading this app and getting ready for and prepared because you're going to get hit with some type of an emergency. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been touched by it or we see somebody been touched by it. Mm-hmm. And even if you know that there's something happening on some other part of the county, you can get involved by becoming a volunteer, contacting TEMA. They'll show you how to plug in or contact your local emergency management agency here in Knox County. 
you know the story about 9-11 when mom and I got, you know, sent up to uh, Canada. Right. And it was a true nas- national emergency, yeah, not just for not just for America, but also for Canada as well. So when we arrived in this small town, St. John's, Newfoundland, you know, I saw firsthand the emergency management teams in place in Canada. And, you know, that's, it's, it's a science, but it's, it's also, um, a group of people that are working together with a center focus, which is to protect people. And I think that's what I heard from him. I mean, I, I just can remember, you know, we slept in, you know, a couple of places. I slept on the gym floor and then I also slept in the science lab until everybody started snoring and I had to go down to the gym, right. but you know, it was, everybody was there and they had a coordinated effort. Now we may not see another nine 11 or anything else similar to that in our entire life. We may not. Now that doesn't mean though, that we still don't need to prepare and be armed with the information. Like you said, if you're, if you're an earshot of us talking about this, you know, why not go to Google play and download the app or on Apple? We have a responsibility. We just can't rely on our emergency folks to take care of us all the time. There is something that we can do on our end to help mitigate the problems that mm-hmm. occur during an emergency. And that's what they're trying to get across. And that's what their website has set up. I mean, if you go to their website, Tima, they'll give you a plan. They'll give you how to uh, put together a kit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Boy Scout, so I understand that you there is a, you know, you must be prepared, right? Right. That's the, that's the motto. You've got to be prepared for everything. So you, you have to have responsibility. You just can't turn your head and say, oh, someone else is going to take care of me when this hits. Yeah, and we're not, you know, conspiracy theorists or doomsdayers or anything like that because I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I've, I went ahead and cashed in $10,000 in gold coins or whatever. You know, I mean, they're all well, people, and that's fine. That's the and, uh, and, millennia bug. <laughs> yeah, well, there's those people that are out there that do that, and so I think that there is a balance there. You don't need to have, you know, 600 pounds of silver to survive a two-day, you know, snowstorm. I mean, we're talking about, I think that that Mr. Lawson suggested that you have two days of supplies, meaning water and food, to at least last for two days. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what he said? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah. Which we have that right now at our house. (laughs) And and if you think about it, you know, the tub is a great place to store supplies, especially water. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could seal it up and fill your tub full of water, and all you have to do is, you know, keep it sterile, clean, Mm -hmm. boil it, or, you know, some, you can get some tablets at the, at the camping store to keep water clean, Mm -hmm. you know, so you A generator. A generator would be very helpful. Now, not everybody can afford a generator, I realize, right? right. That's right. Um, but, you know, with with all of the supply that's out there of all of these cool things, Costco has a great deal on a generator. My sister bought a generator in Houston when that storm hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, hurricane hit, wiped out all of Houston, all the electrical power. Mm-hmm. And she, she had to darken her windows because mm-hmm. one of the things is all of her lights were on. And so people were coming from all over to her house mm-hmm. to try to get some you know, fresh supply of food. Yeah, so hide, was, the it, it, <laughs> hide the generator. Don't let people know that you've got the generator. Well, I mean, you know, if it, but it that's be, just human nature. It works. Yeah. Because everything else was out. Her house, she had air, she had all that refrigeration and, and all of that. So it, it was really yeah, incredible so, when everybody else was. And, and I mean, the, the web site and also the app give you some suggested things. Yeah. Um, but you know, the other thing that you want to think of, if you, if your power does go out, you need to have readily available, a kind of a first of all a plan but also you need to have readily available some thick blankets if you have children you need to be able to get to a place where you can stay warm you know have all of those things in place and this site if you go under the prepare button on the website 
and also on the um, application, it gives you all that suggested information. And the, the other thing is what's great about this type of app and, and a weather app, an emergency alert weather app, is that because a lot of times when you go out with your family, maybe it's just a day hike up in the Smokies or something, you know, emergencies can happen. Flash floods can occur. Rock slides can occur. They can knock you out of getting back to your safety of your home. So the car needs to be equipped, right? So mm-hmm. you need to have the supplies in your car in order to weather some some delay in getting you to a safe area. Yeah, exactly. Or some delay in getting you to dinner because I know my kids go crazy and it Bunch is an of candy emergency. Bars in the back. It is an emergency. <laughs> but anyway, um, but the site, you know, one of the things, you know, one gallon of water per person per day for at least three days, actually, they yep. say three days. Mm-hmm. So um, three day supply of non perishable food, um, flashlight, battery powered radio. Also, my sister got me for Christmas uh, a, crank. a radio has a crank on it. Yeah, those I mean, are great. Yeah. So, that is a perfect idea. I'm wondering if they got a crank thing for your phone because I'm, I mean, I'm joking kind of, but I'm sure that there is, you know, something tells there me has I've seen be. one for a charger. A Although crank it's charger not going to do you much good because probably the cell towers would be down, but at least you could play um, candy crush. But it'd be interesting <laughs> to know what is the last thing to go out because you always lose your, the landlines telephone and you always lose your electric power, mm-hmm. but it always seems like we always have cell phone or at least cell phone may be interrupted or you mean slow. the tower. Yeah. The tower. Well, I mean, if you recall back, um, even in May when we had all of the hail, yeah, whatever, a couple of May's ago or whatever, April, I mean, 27, you were talking about April. 27, yeah. 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 Years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, I still have video of that, by the way, I found on my phone. That was incredible. The hail was just enormous. But anyway, the cell phone went down maybe temporarily, but it worked fine. So it would have to be a huge snowstorm or if the Tennessee Vols are in town playing at Neyland Stadium because you cannot get cell service. That's what we need Tima to do is come down there and rescue all those kids without cell phone service that can't text. Because they go crazy down there. I think just use satellites. <laughs> so, but I mean, this is a serious subject, yeah. but if you don't kind of make light of some of the things, you know, it's, it's not, as he said, the sexiest subject in the world, yeah. but you know what, if you are faced with an emergency, it becomes a very interesting topic. The uh, activation level, I did not see on the oh. the app. I, I meant to ask him about that, but they do have the Guys, don't download system. it. Don't download the app. It doesn't have the, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. I didn't know if it, I don't know if that's important or not. But I guess I, if I you're in like the need the, of the app, then it's not, it's not a, it's a problem. It's got a lot of other great things to it. It does. It does. Now, um, everybody that's out there, too, remember when Mr. Lawson was here, he, he gave us those bags that had the checklist yes, on it? Uh-huh. This app actually has a checklist. If you go to um, plan, which is in the top toolbar, and then the first thing that you see is an emergency plan checklist. It's basic disaster supplies. And each of the things that it lists, if you click on it, it then will make a check mark by it. So it will always be stored in your phone. So as you're at the grocery store, you pull it up. Okay, I've got my flashlight. I can check that and see how it has the check marks as you go down it. And it saves it when you leave it and come back. So if you're in the house using the item, you could uncheck the mark and knowing that you have to replace that item. So you can work Well, flashlights don't have to be replaced every time you turn but them the on. But the batteries do. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yes, you're correct. That is right. Um, but I think that's cool because, you know, people, I, I know I'm a list guy. If I don't have a list written down, it, it won't get done. You're saying checklist mentality? A checklist mentality. <laughs> So if you have this app, you can easily do it. Now, some pe- one thing that people forget about during emergencies is their pets. Oh, uh, I yes. mean, I'm telling you. And, you know, everybody has pets, and, and they're so loved. They're parts of the family. 
And in, on this app, it also gives you, you know what, here's some things that you need to prepare for your pet, you know, for the coming days, you know, the three days, the coming days, that sounded very scary sounding, but for the coming days, you know, so that you can take care of your dog or cat or other animal. I mean, there's all kinds of people. So that, on the app under the plan section, when right? you connect, there's a pet supplies and you can connect, you can click on that and it'll give you the entire list. Exactly. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, I mean, cause I know pets are so important to well, Tennesseans. I mean, and it is to me, Annie, I don't know what I'd do without her, but you also need to make sure the dog is tagged with some sort of identification, whether that be the microchip or a physical chain around with the tag, because in emergency situation, that dog may be separated from you. And you may have uh, elderly uh, people over 65 that have mm -hmm. extra needs. And Absolutely. it's got a, it's got a list here of supply, extra uh, eyeglasses, hearing aids and batteries, uh, wheelchair batteries, oxygen, extra medication. The list goes on and on. So mm -hmm. really this is all encompassing of everybody and anyone that you want to help out. Uh, yeah. And so in another thing it says here, and I about said this, but it would have sounded like it was for the retired community, but it says uh, a few of your pets, familiar items. I didn't mean some of your, you know, grandparents, familiar items. I ah. meant the pets. So, so if you, if you look at this list and check off the things that you know that you'll absolutely need, some of this stuff, I'm just going to tell you, I, I was reading this as you were talking, mm -hmm. some of this stuff, I'm just not going to be able to, to get together. So you take what you need. They're just putting together a list of must have some things right. that you could actually take off and put on. So, and also for those people out there that may have some additional functional needs, not just the older folks, but you may have somebody in your family that are in a wheelchair. They may have um, very specific needs as it relates to, uh, you know, your motorized, you know, cranes to get them into the vehicles. Those are all things that need to be thought of as well. So, you also, know, yeah. also one of the, the other piece that's important is that everybody may have a business. You may own a business. You may be a sole proprietor. You may be working right. out of your house. You may be whatever the small business or large business on the ready.gov, there is a list of items that businesses need to do oh. to be prepared. So that's real important too, because not only do you have your family life, but you may, your whole sole source yeah. of income may be something else. Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, business owners, not that they forget, but you know, they're busy. Maybe they have kids and they're busy taking care of their immediate family, but you're right. I mean, you have other people that may need some attention as well. Um, you know, for instance, MIG, we have a preparedness, um, you know, plan in place. If there is inclement weather, you know, we don't, yeah. we don't, we need to disseminate out information to them. So we have kind of a, a contingency plan and so forth, you know, either, Hey, you come into work if you, if you feel like you're safe to come into work and so forth. So yes, absolutely. And they have on the website, there's an emergency response plan that a business can put together and it gives you the form it's pdf you can print it out and you can type it up uh fill in the blank it'll work, walk you through and help you come out with a business plan for your employees mm -hmm. so how to exit the building how to take care of situations you know as they come up so several times very very important several times we've had tornado warnings Absolutely. while at work yeah. and i can remember because i was the person that was coordinating getting out the information to the branch that was affected. So you need a touch point, a center person 
that can handle that because they at the site they may be preparing they're not going to all be able to look at the radar and listen to the emergency management system so that was me i was the point man and i was emailing people and calling people and saying hey there's a warning in your area you know get to safety so you know we have you know 20 locations so you need to have a center person to handle that type of thing because you need that i think businesses it's it's your duty to be responsible and get that plan in place mm-hmm. so you know one of the ways that you can do that if you're listening to the show is to recommend um downloading this app uh to a coworker or to your boss or yourself everybody needs the app and you also need to have access to the websites which mark will also put on our website so that you'll have it just right there and you can easily go if you come today later on it's going to be the first story on the page if you come in a week maybe you're listening to this um you know in an archive or on soundcloud then go to our site and you can search for jeremy or other things and on the housing hour under special series tab at the right, top right. you can click down find protect your family series and you can find all the shows that we've done on protect your family series and we've had some good ones a bunch of them we've had some really good ones and we want to thank you guys for your continued support. Um, our listening audience is so important to us, but also Mortgage Investors Group. They've been a great asset for this for this particular radio show. So we appreciate their sponsorship as well. And we want to thank also Admiral Title and the Knox Homes Magazine um, and also Title Associates and also THDA and our other sponsors. And we just appreciate them so much. Thank you guys for coming in to the Housing Hour today. Um, We want to tell you that you can come back next week, Saturday at 8 a.m. See you then.